It has been an amazing uh, message series so far, and like I said, this is week number four, and we're going to be looking at beginning the journey, beginning the journey, and, and really, what does that look like? Talking through, like, how do we begin successfully this journey with the Lord? How do we, how do we take this journey uh, with the Lord and make sure that we're with Him in that? So first off, in any journey, you gotta, you got to take that first step, and, and first steps are hard. First steps are very hard to take, whether, whether it's taking the, the, the step in a cloud, crowded room to be that person to, to maybe be the first person to volunteer for something, to, to be that volunteer to go up on a platform. I'm not going to ask for volunteers this morning. But taking that first step, it's a tough thing. I think back on when I was a child learning to walk, first steps are hard and harder for some of us that just lack in the coordination department. And um, being that I'm a Rudek, that is me. And so when I was learning how to walk, just thinking I've mastered it, we would go to my grandmother's house. Mimi, you've heard me refer to her. But my all my uncles would gather there. She would cook an amazing Sunday lunch, praise the Lord. Um, but after that, it would be time that we're all just in the living room. And I remember... Uh, being a kid and and watching the other cousins go through this gauntlet as well. But we would be acting like we're football players, and my uncles would say, down, set, hut. And as we're running, um, stumbling as we're trying to learn how to walk, they would launch pillows off the couch at our feet level just to watch us topple, and um, which is incredible if you've never tried it. And now that I have cousins, or nieces and nephews and my own children, uh, it just, it's a vicious cycle that repeats itself on the same hallowed grounds of Mimi's living room. So, but looking back on that, I, I think back on those times of like, man, you, you get up and you're already wobbly. And once it took us a while to figure out what was going to come, there's going to be a pillow launched in our direction. But it took us a little while to, to figure that out. And you're already wobbly. You're already struggling thinking, man, what if I fall here? And then when is the pillow going to come? But one thing I reflected upon is every time, regardless if we fell on our own uh, inability to walk or if it was brought to us by a pillow being hit, each time we got up and we tried it again. We, we got up and we wanted to just conquer that again. We tried to do it again. And so as, as we grow, because if we, if we would have just given up, we would have never learned to walk, and our camera people would be so much more grateful. But uh, it's okay. I learned how to walk, and I'm going to make sure I take advantage of that. But each time you fall, we got back up. And so as I reflected on that, I had to think of, man, what about our lives? We may walk. We may struggle. We may wobble. But in taking the first step, are we saying, man, what if I wobble? What if I stumble? What if I fall? Is that paralyzing us, or are we determined to conquer? And with that, let's take a look at this quick little video.
cute little video I found online, and um, as I watched it probably way too many times this week, um, couldn't help but just, it, it made me smile and laugh about the many times that that giraffe fell. But, but as, I saw, as I kept watching it, kept watching it, I, ha- I thought, what about our lives? What would our lives look like if every time we tried to fall or tried to walk, we fell and face planted, toppled end over end, and if we would have stayed down? What would it have looked like had we just given up? Another thing that I noticed is that giraffe never gave up. It was determined to do that. And if you notice something, uh, it was brought up to me in between services, but the parent never left. The adult giraffe never left, and I got thinking, uh, it was brought to me saying, man, isn't that so much like God our Father? Whenever we wobble, whenever we, come on, I may preach a little bit, but whenever we wobble and we stumble and we're trying to make our way, trying to get our footing, God the Father is always there encouraging us along the way. And I don't know much about giraffes. Uh, I did a little bit of research this week, but at the end, when all the giraffes were there and they were licking, I guess that's how they were cheering, but... Uh, They were gathered around that little giraffe after the point of success. But even though it figured out how to walk, if you notice that last frame, it still was wobbling in its feet. How parallel is that with our lives? How many times do we we wobble and we wobble, but do do we allow our failures and our shortcomings to keep us down or do we say no? I'm going to continue to try. It may not be pretty. It may be shaky. It may be wobbly. But I'm going to try. I'm going to continue to get up. And I'm not going to be left down. Because see, church, we need to, as believers, we need to not let the fear of wobbling or failing or falling stop us from stepping into all that God has for us. We need to make sure that we don't, don't look at the fears of that, the unsuccessful attempts. We don't let that paralyze us so that we stop. No, we need to make sure we don't focus on that fear, but we need to say, I've been called to something great. I'm going to master this because the Lord is there with me. He's going to help me. He's going to encourage me. He's going to cheer me along, and he's going to be there regardless what I, how many times I fall. That's actually the truncated, like I said, I watched the video a lot and it's like a three-minute video, just constant falls. I figured I wouldn't put you guys through that. But if you want the whole thing, I can send it to you later. But um, how many times that little giraffe fell, got back up, and fell, and got back up? Not letting the fear of failure, not, not saying, man, they're waiting for me to figure this thing out, so I may as well just lay here because I can't get it to click in my head. No, what did the draft do? Continue to get up and continue to strive forward what it's called to be. And that's an animal running through the prairies. Church, we are called to be so much greater. We can't be afraid of wobbling. We can't be afraid of slipping. We can't be afraid to stumble and maybe even fall. Because if we focus on that fear, we're going to miss out on what God has called us into. We see that in Exodus. We see, I love this passage of Scripture. In Exodus chapter 4, verse 10, it says, But Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I'm not eloquent. We know that that God had called Moses to, to step out and take this step and say, Go to Pharaoh and speak on my behalf for my people. 
But Moses' response to the Lord said, God, I'm not eloquent neither in, in the past or since you have spoken to me. God, in this whole journey, I never started out being good with words, and I'm still not there yet in this whole time that you've been walking with me. But I'm slow in speech and tongue, he says. And then the Lord brings a truth bomb on him right here in verse 11. He says, thus the Lord say to him, who made a man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? And in verse 12, someone in here needs to hear this this morning. Therefore, go, and I will be your mouth, and I will teach you what you shall speak. What I love about this so much is that Moses, we all know the story of Moses, and he was saying, God, even along this journey, you've done some amazing things in my life, but even along this journey and up to this point so far, I'm not good with words. I'm not eloquent, and I'm slow to speak. Who am I to go to Pharaoh and speak on behalf of your people, your chosen people? God, who am I? I'm not even supposed to be here. Uh, my mom had me and put me in a basket and sailed me down the river. God, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm a mistake. Who am I to go on your behalf and be part of your plan to rescue and redeem your people? And then God says, it's okay. I will be your mouth and teach you what to speak. Now, as we know the story of Moses, it's easy for us today, because I catch myself doing this, is to look at the story of Moses and be like, how dare you doubt the power of God in this? How, doubt, how dare you, there it is, doubt the power of God to call you to someone that you don't understand and you doesn't make sense and for him to do an amazing work. But knowing the end of the story, it's easy for us to jump to those conclusions and say, why was Moses so worried about messing up? He's going to do great. God is with him. It's almost as if Moses was like, God, I know your plan is great. I know you're a good God, but I don't want to be the one to mess it up. Church, Today, maybe God has called you into something big, and you're saying, man, I don't know if I can meet those standards. Well, the truth is, alone on our own account, we can't meet those standards. But with the power of the Lord working in us and through us, allowing him to be our, our hands, our feet, allowing him to speak us through us, that is when he is able to do something in us and through us. So we must take that first step, as scary as it is, but in order for us to take that first step, we must think, well, what are my excuses? What's holding me up from taking that step? What am I so afraid of? Is it what people may think of me? Is it, is it what my family may say or my friends? I married into a family that wasn't raised in church, and I got the amazing opportunity to say, Yes, here's where the Lord has called me. And, and we've walked this journey of, of them understanding what it is that I do and what the Lord has called. And that's a little bit intimidating to say, yes, I want your daughter's hand in marriage. And yes, here is how I'm going to live my life. And it doesn't make sense to all people. But what am I afraid of? We know we shouldn't fear man, so what am I afraid? What's holding me up to go to the next step, to take that big step that the Lord has called me 
into. See, when the Lord calls us to do something, the only failure is us not answering that call. That is the biggest failure that we are at risk of making, is us to not answer his call. See, God's a big enough God that he can take care of all of our iniquities, all of our inabilities, and he can take our mess-ups and do something amazing through it. He can take our strengths, our weaknesses, and say, yes, I can still do an amazing work. Church, how many times I think through my life that the fear of failure, the fear of disappointing has been that hindering thing for me when truly I've come to disappoint and fail God because I didn't answer that call. So when he calls us, he wants us to move into action. And when we take that first step, then we say, God, I'm surrendering it to you as Moses did. I know I can't speak, but God, you're going to have to be that voice. You're going to have to be that mouth. You're going to have to teach. I relinquish control and allow you to have your way. When God calls us to something, our only failure is when we don't answer it. And I don't understand why we wrestle with this so many times because here's the truth of the matter is, God created us. He knows everything about us. He knows how many or how few hairs on our head. That's not targeted at anybody. Some have less, some have more. It's all good, no judgment. But he knows our strengths. He knows our weaknesses. Guess what? He knows our triggers. He knows what's going to set us off. He knows our shortcomings. He knows our good moments and our bad. He knows where those freckles are in that hidden tattoo. Ooh, that's a tattoo from the stage. Come on. He knows those things about us. And guess what? He still wants to do something great in you and through you. Despite knowing my failures and my shortcomings, he says, yes, I have chosen you for this time and this place for my calling to do something amazing if you'll just let me in. And give me control. Despite knowing everything about us, he desires to use us for something. If we'll just take that step, as scary, as daunting as it may be. Over in Matthew chapter 4, we see in verse 18, it says, While walking by the Sea of Galilee, this is Jesus, he saw two brothers Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, they were casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. So in verse 20, they immediately, they left their nets and followed him. Continuing on into verse 21, it says, and going a little bit further from there, he sees two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. So Jesus calls to them. And guess what? In verse 22, immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Church, I don't know, in a place this big, God is calling somebody. And I know somebody's sitting there in that boat petrified, saying, maybe if I just ignore it, I've got a lot of work to do. Maybe if I just look past it, maybe I'll go down the road and call somebody else. I believe he's calling someone in this place today. What I love about this is 
in taking the first step, Jesus called them to follow him, and they answered. Jesus called them to follow him, and they answered. And what they answered without delay, even. In verses 20 and 22, both says, immediately they left the boat. Immediately they left without hesitation, without wondering. The word immediately means without lapse of time, without delay, instantly, at once. They got up. Once he called, they answered and left the boat. They didn't pull a the card, as many of us believers do. Well, let me pray about it. They saw that was Jesus calling them. They didn't need to pray about it. They said, yes, Lord, I'm going to follow you. Many times as believers, we say, I'm going to have to see if that's really the path the Lord wants us to go on. Let me, let me take some time. Which, I hate to say it because I've used that. It's really just a get out of that situation because it's awkward and it's hard and then we forget about it because our lives are so busy. No, they didn't let any time pass. What did they do? They immediately, without delay, without a lot of thought and deliberation, they knew it was the call of the Lord and so they jumped out of their boat immediately and went. What I love is they left all that they had and all that they knew. They left their occupation, their trade, what they grew up doing. It's all that they knew. And immediately they left those nets there in the boat. Without looking back, they followed him. And I love in verse 22, it says they even left family members. They left family members to follow the call of the Lord in verse 22, it says, immediately they left the boat and their father mending the nets in the boat because Jesus, the Son of God, had called them. So church, I'm, I must ask us today, is God calling us to take a step? Is God asking you and calling you to take a step? It may not make sense right now. And it may be loaded with a bunch of fear and apprehension because we like to know the plan. We like to have all the details before we commit to something. Church, is fear of leaving the comfort zone of our lives holding us back? Or have we heard the call? Maybe we've stood up on the boat. We've moved into action a little bit, but he's sitting there waiting for us to put our foot over the boat and take that step out of the boat into all that he has called us to. Is he calling you today? And what is your answer? Are you going to make sure that everything lines up and it's good for your portfolio before? Or are we going to say, God, I really don't understand it. It makes absolutely no sense, but I know for a fact it's you calling, so I'm going to answer. May we answer his call with the urgency that these men did. Throughout the Bible, we see opportunities like this. When Jesus called and people moved to action with urgency, taking big steps like Esther going to the king. You've been called into the king. Yeah, go into the king's face without being called. That could lead me to death, but it's okay because I feel like the word of the Lord says, here, this is what I need to do. Standing up to 
rulers and authorities. Say, I'm not going to bow down to any golden idol, but I'm going to worship the only true God, regardless of how hot that fire may be. Or one of my favorites, when Jesus is walking on the water and he calls Peter, come on, get out of the boat. Jesus, you don't understand physics here. The boat is a safe place on the water. People swim and sink in the water. You don't call people to come onto the water. But he said, you know what? This is Jesus calling. I'm going to put all rationale aside. Yes, over one step, over another step, onto, not into, but onto the water. Church, I believe that the Lord is calling somebody to step out of a boat this morning. Someone in this room today, I believe that the Lord is calling you to get out of that boat and to walk on the water, not because it's an amazing trick, because he is there and he's calling some, you to do something that doesn't make sense and it's out of our comfort zone. He's calling you into his provision and his protection. Will we take that first step? And we must take that first step, but then also, we must also step into the right direction, step into our calling. What I love about here at Community Church is that we celebrate people a lot around here. If you're new here, you may understand that. You may be like, man, they love celebrating. We love to celebrate what the Lord is up to in and through his people. One of the things we love to celebrating is when someone steps in to serve, not because it fits. <coughs> there we go. Not because it fills that role, not because it fills a void in the nursery, not because it, it makes sure that we're going to have hot coffee on a Sunday morning, not because we don't want you to open the door out there by yourself. That's not why we celebrate. Why we celebrate is the Lord moving on someone's heart saying, I've called you into something. And if you don't believe that's your ministry, I want to talk to you later. But God has called you into that. If you are in the room with the little kids, that has to be your ministry. Student ministry, there is definitely a calling for that. No offense, students, they're not mainly in here, but I did that for over a decade. Junior high boys, God bless them. God love them. He does. But regardless of what that calling is, when you step into that and say, yeah, God, I don't understand why I may fall asleep rocking this little baby, but here I am. God, I don't, I don't know how to, to love and invest on these students, but God, I'm going to be available. Here I am. I'm going to come on a Wednesday night and gather in this place. The music's going to be a little bit too loud, and I'm going to be out of my comfort zone because I don't understand the TikToks, Snapchat, and Instagrams, but I'm going to come in because, God, you've called me into it, out of my comfort zone into what you've called me. I love celebrating people that have stepped out of their comfort zone and Maybe I'm not a people person, but I'm going to hold that door open at the front. Praise the Lord for God calling you into your ministry and you listening and obeying. It looks different for everyone. And the ministry that the Lord is calling you into isn't limited by what you see offered here on our website or located in the classes. Maybe the Lord's calling you to start meeting with some folks at a coffee shop. Praise the Lord. Are you going to answer? Maybe you're like, I don't know how to teach the Bible. I don't know how to share the love of the Lord. I don't know how to walk someone through the gospel. But God, here I am. 
I'm going to step out and trust that you're there to guide my step, to make sure I don't roll an ankle, to make sure I land on solid footing, to make sure I'm there. God, I take that step because that's what you called me to. I love in Matthew chapter 4, verse 19, we read it a few minutes ago. And he said, follow me, and I'm going to make you fishers of men. He says, yeah, you've been fishermen, but I'm about to change your role. I'm about to change your name. I'm about to realign your focus that you've never understood before. I love what the Lord is doing here. A new name and a new focus, one from an earthly job into a kingdom-minded one. So many times throughout the Bible, we see that God takes people and realigns their focus from what they had planned for into what God had in store for them. I love this because I've seen it in my own very life. I had a plan, and I shared some last week a little bit. I had a plan, and I was going to love it because, man, I was going to get to ride on a helicopter. There's going to be blood and guts, and I'm going to be like the hero, and it's going to be incredible. And God said, I've got something else in store for you. God, that doesn't make sense. That's not what I've, I didn't have a bunch of preacher toys growing up. I had the medical stuff. God, you didn't see my toy box. I've got something else in store. If you'll just step with me. Let me change your focus. Let me give you a new name. All throughout the Bible, here's just a handful of them. We see Abram. We see Abram named High Father God changed his name to Abraham, father of the multitudes in Genesis 17, 15. We see Peter's name was turned to rock in which God was going to build the church. God says, yeah, you've got to focus, but here I'm going to change things because I have a greater plan for you. And I love it when God's people say, yes, Lord, we don't understand, but here we are. God, we, we accept the change of direction. We accept the change of course because we trust you. So let's take the first step and step into the calling. But also we must stay on track. We must be vigilant and constantly focused to make sure we are staying on, the, on track, staying the course, staying focused to what God has called us to over in Galatians chapter 5. In verse 16 and verse 25, it says, But if I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. It goes on to say, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. This is, this is saying, God, I'm taking that journey, this great adventure. It's not a short one. It's a long, lifelong journey. And I'm in for it. I'm in for the duration. But I'm going to need some help from the Holy Spirit. I need some help from the Holy Spirit, making sure that my own flesh doesn't come in and, and knock me off trajectory just a fraction of a degree. I want to stay in track, on course with you. And next week, we're actually going to be talking about how to finish well. What does that look like to finish the great adventure, finish this journey well? We must seek the Lord's help to make sure we stay on the path. So I did a lot of research this last week of typed in Google search beginning the journey. And you would be amazed at how many self-help articles, websites that I found, books to help me do whatever on whichever path of life that I choose 
for myself. There's so many things that will help me stay on track on the trajectory with whatever I'm planning to do. But as I was inundated with all these things, on my Google search, it hit me. The Lord says, how many times are you going to Google instead of the gospel? And God hit me with the truth. It says, Google is great. I use it for so much stuff to impress my wife. It's incredible. I shared it in the, I gave my secret away first service. She asked me what, what something is, and I'm like, yeah, babe, that happened in 1947, July 9th at 4 p.m. And it was completed by 7 p.m. that night. Stuff that nobody should know. But the Lord hit me with that as I was looking through all these Google searches. Google is great, but the gospel is better. How would our lives look different if we started instead of Google searching things, if we took it and bounced it off the word of the Lord, saying, God, I'm seeking you for the wisdom, not Wikipedia where anybody can add things, but God, I want to seek your face, your direction, your path, because God, you are the only absolute. You are the truth. What would our lives look like if we started turning to him instead of all the other things. As I'm reading through the book of Exodus in my personal quiet time, my personal time with the Lord, and we discussed this last week, and then I read it again this week, about God's people following the pillar and the cloud but what I love about that so much, and I was reminded of it this week, is that they followed intentionally. They didn't go ahead and be like, I think it's going that way, and I'm going to move ahead of it so I can rest a little bit later tomorrow. No, what did they do? They moved with intentionality, saying, God, we're only going to move when you move. We're going to go to the left or the right only as you call us to. Church, how would our lives be different if we allowed him to set the pace and trajectory of our, our journey? How would our lives look different if we allowed him complete control, complete navigational powers in our lives? Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. It's a verse many of us know. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. What I love about this is that regardless of how many times I've read this, it's taped on our refrigerator right now because it's the Bible verse for the kids' ministry. No matter how many times I read this, this week a couple words bounced out to me, jumped out to me right off the page. What does it say? I've emphasized it for us. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. There's not an asterisk in C, C footnotes, and it says only when it's convenient or only when it makes sense, only whenever you feel like it. No, it says trust in the Lord with all of your heart, everything that you are, and then in every single way to acknowledge him. With everything, everything that we have, everything that we are, say, God, I trust you. Even in the times it doesn't make sense, God, I trust you. God, when there's more month than money, God, I trust you. When relationships are crumbling around us, God, I trust you. In all of our ways, church, are we truly trusting him with everything we have and everything that we are?
That's a hard thing to do when we start really listening through and taking an inventory of all the things that God has blessed us with. Not just property, but our families and all our roles and responsibilities. Yes, Lord, I trust you with all that. I'm happy and content where I'm at. But God, if you choose to change something, I'm willing to go along because God, your ways are better than my ways. Your thoughts are so much higher than my thoughts. Are we going to him in all things? Are we seeking him out in every way, acknowledging him? Are we chasing after him? Are we listening? Are we obeying? Are we following? Are we walking with him? For this great adventure, church, we must take a step. We can't stay complacent anymore. We can't stay still. The Lord has called us into greatness, and, and I love that our staff, we've, we've talked about what we see that the Lord doing in 2023, and it's, there's some amazing things that we feel that the Lord is leading us into some things that we understand, some things that we don't understand. But whatever the case may be, we're coming in with open hands saying, God, we trust you. Lead our way. God, we trust you. Illuminate our path. Because, God, we don't want to go one step further than you. We don't want to stay too many steps behind you. We don't want to turn to the left or the right without your direction. We want to follow you. We want to be in step with you wherever he has called us. And when that changes, let us know, God, so we can follow you. Question this morning is, do we need to take that first step? Do you need to take that first step in your journey with the Lord this morning? Maybe he's been calling and calling and you've been putting it off and saying, yes, the boat is comfortable. I'm afraid of the water. And he's saying, son, daughter, it's time to step out of the boat. It's time to take that first step. It's time to take that first step, but you don't have to worry because I am here. I'm not going anywhere. It's a time for you to start your journey with him. Or maybe you've started the journey, but one degree many years ago, and now there's a big chasm between you. Maybe it's time that we turn back and say, God, I need your Holy Spirit's help to help me get back on track so I don't miss anything that you have in store. I want to be right in the center of your will. I want to be right in what you've called me to. I don't know what it looks like for each of us in this room, but one thing I do know it's taking that first step, whether it's to him for the first time or back to him, is so incredibly hard, but it's totally worth it because he is there. He'll never leave us or turn against us. So do we need to take that step to him today? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much. God, for who you are, God, for, for you calling us out. And God, even if we don't understand it, God, I thank you for your call that whenever you call us, we don't have to understand it. And we don't have to have perfection. God, we can wobble and we can stumble. And God, you are there the entire time with us. So Father, I pray right now, as you're speaking to people all across this room, God, you give us the boldness to take that first step. God, that you would illuminate the path as far as we need to see. So we can take that next step, and we thank you that you're going to be there with us. 
So, Father, right now I ask that, that God, you'd move in an amazing way that we know it's you, unmistakably you. And God, as you call us and as you change and stretch us, may we be receptive of that. May we answer with yes and may we answer with urgency for you are worth it. God, we thank you so much. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Real quick, don't want to forget, next week we are wrapping up this series with finishing well on this journey. Make sure you're there and uh, invite someone to come with you. Thank you so much. You're dismissed. Just one word, you calm the storm that surrounds me. Just one word, the darkness has to retreat. Yes, it does. Just one touch, I feel the presence of heaven. Just one touch, my eyes are open to see. My heart can't help but believe.
Yeah. 